This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is time for the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. Calling all astral projectors. Calling all astral projectors. Now it's time for Tales from Beyond the Veil. Uh, Hello there. Champ. I can hear you. Champ, are you? Oh my God, we've done it. Yes, I hear I you. I feel as though this, this newfangled technology has me sounding like uh, my father. Uh, it seems as though we have uh, started the uh, audio uh, receptacle uh, uh, whirring, and it's whirring in a, a positive fashion, and now we shall uh, continue. My dad's going to love that. Hey, how are you? Thank you for inviting me back into 4D. <laughs> my brother i am having uh, what you would call a um a mandela effect situation here where i have no recollection of recording you this way last time um and i would i could have sworn that it was this call-in number that we used and i was like i was like like swearing like praying to you like my friend you have you called into this number and you you're like, there's no way I called in. And then I looked back at my files and the, the universe had, um, it had reworked itself to make sense somehow. And uh, it Mandela affected me. And so here we are. I have no recollection how we did this last time, but here we are doing it again in this way. How are you? That is, that is awesome because last night I had another Mandela effect and Really? I think this ties into how come we couldn't call each other during the past 10 minutes. Uh, I was listening to a podcast that I did with a buddy. Um, his Instagram handle is Float Universe. He's like the meme god of Instagram. You guys should check him out. Okay. So I was listening to his podcast and he was saying that he, he came out of his float tank and he like switched timelines and he was telling everybody like, which timeline are you from? Are you from the timeline where four people were in the car with JFK or six people were in the car with JFK? And then in my mind, I'm like, I'm from the reality of four people in the car. That's what I've always remembered. But he came out of the float tank and the reality that he is in now, it's the six people in the car. 
And I was like, no way, bro. So then I went on YouTube this morning and I looked at the video and there were six people in the car. Oh God. I have to say, I have no idea of like what happened. Is that good or bad? I don't know, but we're talking now, so that's good. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, wow, man. See, yeah, I don't know. That's the moment. That's the moment where I would I would take a hit from my apple pipe, but I'm inside, and my wife won't allow that because I'm on my computer. So I'm just gonna access that the episode, camera. Closed. It was 420. It was 420, wasn't it? Yeah, and you were doing the apple. Was I? How did I make that work? Mandela, effect. dude, that's man, that's Mandela style. That's really so. On this, see this timeline, the universe is saying, "Hey, Dan, why don't you fucking slow down with the apple pipe?" <laughs> <laughs> so hold on. So he went into a sensory depth tank, huh? He works at a float tank center, uh -oh. so he's always he's always in it whenever he has time and whenever he comes out of it he jokes that he switches timelines but i really think that he pulled me into his timeline of the six people in the car with jfk how bizarre is that and six people right so well shish kebabs right six people. like what reality do you want to be in does it matter um, right now I'm remembering the Zapruder tape and I'm remembering that JFK and, um, and the first lady are in the very back and then in front of him is another couple, maybe like the, um, some kind of uh, mayor from Dallas or something. I, I may be wrong about that. And then the, the two drivers in the front seat. So that's six. Um, yeah, I was watching this tape recently about how <laughs> some guy was saying that, um, the, whoever was the two people in the front, he was saying that they were, uh, <laughs> that they were shapeshifters, that if you slowed down the two people and sit the two people in the middle, who I'm saying are, the, are some kind of mayor or senator, or someone related to Dallas or I, I, I may be making that up but, the, but whoever that couple was I think they're holding flowers and right before the gunshot goes off this guy was saying that you can see them um shapeshift and the flowers actually uh are concealing some kind of alien weapon <laughs> have a them apples that's really Men in Black. Isn't it? The movie, the movie, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so there's so much stuff out there, man, on the, on the interwebs. And, and I, that's how I found you on Instagram with your amazing map, which I now have sprawled out before me and in all its glory. And I was watching it. I was, I was watching it. I was looking at it uh, earlier to, you know, get ready for this and really, really talk about specific things. And I got so overwhelmed because yeah, I was trying to find, I was trying to find a specific topic, which we'll bring up later, which I found. Um, 
but I could have sworn that it was in one area. So I was looking for it in this one area, which like in every single, um, for, the, for the listeners, if you don't know what this map is, it's a conspiracy theorist, um, uh, you know, fucking wet dream here. It's like, it's like this, this, this map where uh, you have specific um, sections of the map and certain pictures and certain symbols that, um, and you have arrows connecting all the different um, topics, some of which are Antarctica, Q, um, inner earth civilizations, secret space program, um, you know, fucking uh, uh, the Vatican, you know, everything, the great, the, uh, the, 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 the fucking, the great solar flash. This thing is huge. So, okay, so recently, hey, you there, pal? I'm listening. Yeah, you're just like listening, just like, yes, that's my baby. He's talking about my baby. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody Um, wants to follow along, they can go to greatawakeningmap.co. That's where they can find the map and and follow along if they want to listen. I have many questions about the map. I have many questions. about things that are on the map. You should, how do you not have a podcast, man, where you're just breaking down sections of the map for the rest of your life? <laughs> I have two episodes of my personal podcast. So the third episode is probably going to come this month. Good. People need to hear you, man. You need to be doing this on a regular basis. <clears throat> and uh, that's, that's, you're supposed to be connecting people. Um, okay. So where do we start? You say to start in the rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. That fucking rabbit hole is invading my life. My friend, you say to start, and I don't know what you call it the rabbit hole because that's the beginning. That's, that's the place to start, which that's is one the, of the, um, the hex, the hexagon on Saturn. So you said that's one of the, what? It's one of the most obvious, um, it's one of the most obviously seen mysteries that's right out there in outer space. And it's the biggest, it's like 10 earth diameters wide. So okay. if anybody wants to just start there, that's going to lead them into everything, including free energy and anti-gravity ETs, like you name it. It's a really good place where I started. And that's why I put the rabbit hole there because uh, from that one hexagon on Saturn, you can get into everything on the map. And he's, he's not wrong people. He is not not wrong. <laughs> there is, uh, yeah, it is. It is an. It, you go down that rabbit hole, and it does. It connects to everything else. And I am on a uh, a journey right now, and it started in right before 2012, when I turned 33, um, and I had my spiritual awakening. This journey of trying to figure out who I am, where I am, where we're going where I came from, where we all came from this, you know, and I strongly recommend everybody during this time, instead of freaking out about, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow, go inward and, and try to answer some of these big questions. Now is the time to, to, to meditate on who we are. And then we figure out who we really are and then that will like all the other questions will drop like dominoes. You just have all the answers to everything else. 
and I'm on this quest since then. And here we are, we're like at the brink of what could be, you know, the end of the world as we know it. Um, and I kind of think that 2012 was a wake to call rehearsal, you know, like a dress rehearsal for now for 2020. And a lot of people, when 2012 happened, a lot of people didn't wake up and they chose to hit snooze. And, and now they're, they're waking up right now. And even those of us who have been up, I'm still obviously here with so many fucking questions. Um, trying to get to the bottom of all this before the whole shithouse goes up in flames. Um, which is noble, you know, but I'm hoping that, I, that we beat the clock here, champ. I'm hoping that we beat the clock. I'm hoping that we survive what's coming. Um, I, I, in my movie, Don Peyote, during all the interviews, I, I had one, I got to ask Deepak Chopra one question about 2012. I said, hey, what's coming, man? What's coming? It seems like a lot of, you know, turbulence, a lot of turmoil. How do we prepare? And what he said was, you know, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of turbulence. Uh, it's just like water. And I love that he said this because that's Bruce Lee. You know, that's, water is like, he said, it's water because now we're at the boiling point. But what happens right after the boiling point? It's chaotic. It's chaotic. Yes. But what happens right after? Then you have that beautiful steam, that beautiful rising steam. And he's, that's all he said to me. And I, I was like, oh, that really stuck with me. So I feel like those of us who get through this ridiculous time right now, if we thread the eye of the needle, I think we're in for some, for some beautiful steam. What, what do you think, champ? Just like the ocean waves rise and fall as they may, everything is going to rise again as it always does and right now we have to go through all of the seemingly chaos to get to the new earth because if you want to get to the new earth you have to uncover all of the pain and darkness of our human history and we have to overcome it get through it and we have to learn what we don't want in our next reality and then we have to manifest the most positive future that we possibly can. Everything that we see happening on the world stage right now is preparing us for a future of peace. But we have to arrest all the evil negative elites who have been in control for so long. And they've had their tentacles within every industry. And this is the great awakening as we're learning about all the crimes against humanity after we get over this point in our history then we're going to start to realize that there were so many secrets hidden from us and a majority of those secrets are packed into the great awakening map so once we are able to overcome the fear that has been holding our civilization in chains for so long then we can start to enjoy the bliss of 
how reality should be. The natural state of reality is peace and bliss, but we've just forgotten that because we've just been so mind programmed by modern culture for so long. And so many people can't even deprogram themselves from all the stuff that they've been absorbing since they were born. So that's probably one of the biggest reasons why there's so much suffering and confusion is because people have been soaking up all of the information in their life without ever realizing who they were truly were before all of that stuff was soaked into their sponge of their consciousness. So this is the time for us to awaken and learn who our true nature really was. And we have to all work together to learn as much information as we can. All of the hidden knowledge of humanity is waiting for everybody at this moment. Okay, so well said, sir. I'm going to tumble down a rabbit hole like you ask. I'm going to throw some, some key phrases here. So we have the hexagon on Saturn, which is sacred geometry. It's at the, at the top pole of Saturn, um, and it's spinning counterclockwise. And um, as Champ said, it's a, a it's a, if you <clears throat> examine this movement, the shape, which is the strongest shape in nature, um, you realize if you harness that movement, you can get uh, free energy. Um, okay, Tesla. Okay, I'm just throwing out <laughs> key phrases right now because that's how I want to navigate this map. So when you go down that hexagon, hex, um, the hexagon on Mars, <clears throat> that is in sacred geometry, that, that hexagon is the two-dimensional representation of the cube. Stop me, stop me um, if I speak uh, at a turn here, champ. So now you have the cube, okay, which is pervasive, just like the monolith in Kubrick's 2001, the, the rectangular, shiny black cube. Um, the, <clears throat> the monolith, which is in mini version in all of our hands with our cell phones, looking, staring into the monolith for answers, hypnotized by the monolith. This black cube monolith imagery can be found everywhere in our world. Now, first I, I thought, when I first woke up, I was seeing pyramids everywhere, pyramids in our architecture and pyramids are very important. <clears throat> but pyramids are half of a cube. If you, if you put the bases together, you got a cube. Pyramids are incredibly important, but they're only half the story. The rest of it is buried underground. <laughs> so, the cube, Metatron's cube. Energon cubes, okay? 
when I when I'm on the search for figuring out who I am, and I think about what I did as a kid, getting bar mitzvahed and wrapping tefillin, and the turning of the wrapping around the arm, and then the putting the cube, but the black cube on my third eye, and praying. Whenever I did this, I had I would have like a, an adverse reaction, champ. I, my nose would start running. It was like an allergic reaction. I had to I had to take it off. It was really interesting. Um, Aster Place Cube. This is a, this is a place where I would go all the time. I'd get a haircut at Aster Place in Manhattan. Get, get high, or, or or you put your name in at Aster Place. When am I? When am I fucking? When's my haircut? Oh, I got fifteen minutes. Go smoke a joint. Sit under the fucking cube. It's like this cube that's sitting on one edge that you can spin. <laughs> And it's strongly, it's strongly, you can spin it both ways, but it's easier to spin it counterclockwise. And um, it's very interesting that that cube is there. And it's the same cube that's at Mecca. And everyone praying and spinning counterclockwise and all of that energy um, is connected. The black cube at Mecca Kabbalah, you, you, it's like the, um, the tree of life, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the Merkaba. when I first, you know, that's all, fuck, it's all connected. It's all, it's all connected. Um, did you, now I'm going to start talking to you about the champ, about the, uh, the black cube that they just saw floating that was bigger than a, several earths or something that they saw floating past the sun recently. Did you hear about that? I posted that as a meme uh, yesterday. The black cube always returns um, from the sun. It uses the sun as a portal because the sun is a super gate portal that connects to, uh, I think, 52 local star systems. So when these extraterrestrial craft go into the sun, uh, it's not that the sun is so hot that it's burning these craft. These craft are 5D, 4D, 5D beings that can go through uh, solid matter. So the heat of the sun is not something that affects their craft. And they use the sun to travel across vast distances um, across the galaxy. So that cube is just one of those motherships that appears once in a while. And I was really happy to see somebody um, show a really clear photo of it. That was pretty amazing. Just recently too. And there are those, you know, I, I tend to be, to believe all of the above. Okay. That, that's the way I cover all my bases, you know, um, that, that way I, I believe that the, the sun is, is a portal and it's, it's I, I tend to believe that um, everything is like, a, it's a fractal universe. So the sun is like, uh, you know, the synapses, the sparks in our mind you know, which connects to other 
sparks and synapses throughout the universe, right? It's all, it's all, and, and, and those, they're all connected by wormholes, right? And, and you can travel from, that's, that's how they travel these great distances from sun to sun, right? For, for us living in 3D, time is the illusion for us. But for the beings who are 5D beings, distance is an illusion for them. Uh, whenever they travel in time, that's how they cross vast distances. So it's a lot different type of physical mechanics in their conscious realm because they're just beings of consciousness and they temporarily manifest into the third dimensional realm by having cube-like shaped bodies or angel-like shaped bodies, whatever they're feeling like that day. That's why these ships are so huge. It's not that they're physically huge. It's just that it's consciousness that we're viewing at such large sizes. And they can shrink their ship as large or small as they need to because distance is, doesn't mean anything for them. They're manifesting it consciously. And when we see it in our realm, they take on these strange shapes, such as cubes or angelic-like wings, for example. Um, these are light beings, um, but uh, they're able to manifest in our, in our realm. But how we view those shapes is dependent on our consciousness, our limited consciousness. That's why the Merkaba is so widely seen by, by others who have had sort of ET sightings or hyperdimensional sightings of other beings they operate in this spinning Merkaba vehicle that is just part of their light body. And in our third dimensional consciousness, we view it as sacred geometry, like Merkabas. Um, it's, it's sort of like a hyperdimensional portal for them to create this spinning Merkaba. It counter rotates 34 times the speed of light clockwise for the top Merkaba and the bottom Merkaba spins clock, counterclockwise 21 times the speed of light. And 34 divided by 21 is the golden ratio. So you have that sort of balance that creates um, the fractal. The golden phi ratio is a fractal that can access any location in the universe uh, in an instant. So when they use that with their consciousness, the Merkaba vehicle is literally a portal that is vibrating at the phi ratio, golden mean, which makes it able to be omnipresent within the entire universe. What do you think about that? Oh, I love that. And, and, and we're, su <clears throat> we're supposed to control our, the flow of our Merkaba, right? We're, 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 and, and I feel as though and then if you are, because I, like I told you last time, I had that experience where I saw my, my, my Merkaba vehicle in my mind's eye and my, my soul was telling me, okay, this is your vehicle, man. This is what you get into. This, this is what protects you when you go and float around the astral plane. And I've seen it, uh, I've seen it, I saw it very uh, sharply in my mind once and then kind of, you know, uh, fuzzily other times during meditation. 
Um, and I tend to believe that Kundalini experiences are um, the process of um, learning how to spin your Merkaba uh, correctly with breath. The Saturn matrix, this cube technology, hexagon technology, which has uh, invaded all religions, um, that technology seems to want to spin and control your Merkaba and make it sure that it, everything is spinning counterclockwise, right? They don't dig clockwise. Is that, does that sound accurate, champ? <laughs> There's so many ways to analyze the cube. And even the word cube is in Stanley Kubrick's name. And Fuck! Stanley Kubrick was like, he had the, the best cameras in the world because he was helping NASA to create the, the fake moonscapes. And NASA was giving him these million dollar cameras, which is why he was able to make such beautiful cinematography. I mean, I gotta everybody send knows. You a, I gotta send you a, a film script, man. Um, this, this girl named Stephanie Folsom, who wrote this script just about that, about NASA tapping Kubrick. Um, and uh, to, to help with the moon landing. Um, yeah, Stephanie Kubrick was a, a cool cat. Like he was a good guy, and he just happened to be brushing past with the elites, and they gave him all this cool stuff, and he helped them, you know, with all of the uh, the moon sets that they needed, just in case we didn't beat the USSR to the moon. They had to use Stanley's really well-made moon landing fakes to show in the news, to show in newspapers, all of that. So uh, Kubrick was always trying to hide um, clues in all of his movies. And that's why on my Great Awakening map, next to the moon section, you'll see I wrote Stanley Kubrick, The Shining. I could have picked any of his movies because uh, they all secretly point to the dealings of the, the elites. But in The Shining, it was really interesting to me because the kid's sweater, he was wearing an Apollo 13 sweater. And so there, was all, there was all of these mathematical and numerical types of... Have you seen the documentary uh, Room 237, I believe? Is that what it is? Have you, have you seen, seen the documentary about how... Good. I don't remember seeing a documentary about that per se, but I do remember that number, the distance. Yeah. It's like the yeah. distance of the... Earth That's the room. Okay, so the idea is... Because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I love the Kubrick movies, and when, and I, and I love conspiracies, and so watching that documentary was, like, uh, you know, chocolate and peanut butter for me. So, it's basically saying, and like I said before, um, I tend to believe all of the above to cover all my bases. So there's, so there's people out there that say, oh, we never landed on the moon. Um, they go down that route, that, that, that space is bullshit, that we're in an enclosed, uh, you know, it's all biblical, we're on a flat earth, it's an enclosed fucking plane, we can't get out of here. All that stuff out there is a hologram for show to keep us uh, quiet, and NASA is a bunch of bullshit trying to um, 
you know, trying to deceive us and show us and keep us fooled thinking that space is real, that it's all a big Hollywood TV show. Um, so Truman Show. Um, there are those that believe that. And then there are those that believe um, that we did get to the moon. We saw it was on the other side and it scared the shit out of us. Um, and that's why we, we had to do the G-rated Kubrick landing that everyone saw. Now, it's so Disney, if you think about that. Um, now, it's like the masses, the masses can't know what's on the dark side of the moon. Let's show them a very peaceful landing that celebrates our patriotism, right? That's so fucked up. Uh, <laughs> it's like we're children. Um, <laughs> so I tend to believe all the above. Just to, just to you know, because how can you fucking argue anything? Because everything's disproven the week later. So The Shining, one of my favorite movies, Love Nicholson. It's got so much going for it, it's unbelievable. Now you add the extra layer of conspiracy where Kubrick did, um, did shoot the moon landing that we are all familiar with did put Easter eggs in that moon landing that we're all familiar with, including, you know, <laughs> stuff that he knew that uh, military people wouldn't be able to notice, but, but he would sure notice as a filmmaker, like shadows and, and actual, like, you know, uh, um, studio lights being seen in reflections. And, you know, <laughs> and they're always saying like, oh, how did they get that angle? Well, they must have left a camera on the moon, you know? <laughs> when they left it's like really they left the camera filming on the moon and, they, and it didn't jiggle at all during the liftoff and you know it's just like there's like so many fucking like discrepancies it's 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 crazy so he makes the shining and the shining on a metaphorical level is kubrick trapped in a labyrinth of lies that he can't tell he's danny the Minotaur is fucking NASA and, and the military telling, chasing him. You better keep your fucking mouth shut, Danny. <laughs> Coming for you, Danny. You better not let the secrets out, Danny. Okay, ooh, gives me chills. So they're coming after Kubrick and he can't tell them, but he's the smartest man in the world. One of the very incredibly smart guy, huge IQ, and the huge ego. He can't, he can't not tell the secret. So he, he sprinkles it throughout the whole fucking movie. Champ, champ, hit on one. But it's even, it's even crazier than that. If you look at that scene, room, uh, room 237, I believe, that room is where Jack first realizes the secrets of the hotel. He opens that room. He's told, don't fucking go in there. He goes in there and there's the sexy ghost that turns into a hag. And he's all, <laughs> he has to get the fuck out. That's when Danny, that's when Danny 
is riding around and he sees the two twins. Okay. So Danny, so what did they do? What did Kubrick do? You're going to love this champ. Kubrick was specific, like, like OCD specific. He says, I want a specific pattern for the carpet. The guys were like, the pattern for the carpet is pretty good, man. You want us to, he's like, no, nope, I'm going to bring in uh, my own carpet, my own pattern. They're like, okay, Kubrick's the fucking master. They lay out this fucking pattern throughout this whole strip of the hotel where Danny's riding around on his Hot Wheels. Why did he choose that pattern? If you take that fucking pattern, champ, and you lay it over the launch pads at NASA, it's a perfect fit, pal. And now you add Danny kneeling on his hands and knees, okay, playing with that rocket ship USA on his Apollo, Apollo 11, right? On his fucking sweater. How Kubrick got away with this, I don't know. The shot that they take is a rising shot as Danny sees the two, the ball, the, the tennis ball perfectly rolls in. Danny looks up and he stands up just, and, you, and the shot is on his shirt, his sweater as the rocket rising off of the carpet launch pad as Danny himself sees Danny's who Danny's Kubrick Danny himself sees the secret um it gives me chills there's so many easter eggs but that's the biggest one man another one is I think in the there's so many changes in the book. Stephen King was really pissed off because Kubrick, you know, the master, the maestro, rewrote a lot of stuff to fit his narrative. Um, one of which was the number of the room. I think it was two, two, three, eight, or something, or 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 it's, it's like another, it's like another number in the book, something like that. But Kubrick wanted to allude to the distance it is to the moon, which is something like 238 million miles or some shit. Or, um, so it's all, there's all these little Easter eggs. You should watch that. What do you think about that champ? <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it, but you brought back all of the, the excitement. Cause I used to watch it as an art student, but after learning all of the conspiracies over the past 10, 12 years, now, when I go back and watch it, it's from an entirely different feeling. And knowing so much about the moon after creating my Great Awakening map, I chose the, the best rabbit holes to put on the map. And my reality of the moon is taken from the top whistleblower testimonies from mainly William Tompkins and Corey Good. These two whistleblowers have mapped out such a great, a great portion of the Great Awakening map. Um, I can't believe that, I can't believe that above, I can't believe above Majestic is on Netflix, by the way. I mean, that, that's like mainstream, man, that's crazy. It's really amazing. I know the guys who produced that movie and I talk to them, I talk to one of them every day. 
but the do they, the do they ever want to come on to the uh uh maybe you know part four you'll we'll bring on one of those guys and we'll talk yeah definitely because they've talked to william Tompkins himself before he wow. passed away and william Tompkins was the person who revealed that when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, when they set from the moon, um, there was like an, an armada of dark fleet ships perimetered around this crater that they were inside of. And they basically were giving them the warning not to come back to the moon. But during this entire event, the two astronauts were putting up the 33rd degree Freemason flag before they put up the American flag. Right. So the Dark Fleet are the Draco reptilians and the Nazis that were already on the moon. And they were just kind of giving them the, the warning not to come back, which is probably why we have had such uh, a difficult time going to back to the moon for public reasons. Um, I already know that the backside of the moon is full of ET bases because every whistleblower who has some sort of information about the backside of the moon, they always say the same thing and that it's like Las Vegas from space at night. It's really bright and full of extraterrestrial bases. And these extraterrestrial bases are not allowed, they're not allowed to war with each other. So you may have like a human base next to like a reptilian base, but due to something called the Mohammed Treaty that was enacted around 800 AD, it said that the moon had to be a sort of neutral zone, like a UN neutral zone. And no bases, no extraterrestrial, no extraterrestrial races were allowed to war on the moon because the moon is an observation center for Earth. And there's about 12 extraterrestrial groups that have been custodians of Earth throughout all of humanity's civilizations that have risen and fallen and the moon is their observation center for looking over earth and during these times the the negative groups such as reptilians have always tried to create conflict um, within the the elite power structures of our planet but um, due to free will they're only allowed to do so much the reptilians can't just come over and take over the entire planet. Obviously, they would have done so thousands of years ago, but due to um, the law of free will that all ETs abide by, um, this allows them to um, have an observation of Earth, but they cannot directly become involved with the spiritual evolution of our planet. But that's all changing now because the, the UFOs are making themselves known more and more each day. And a lot of people are, are having extraterrestrial contact telepathically or physically. And this is happening around the world every day. And you can have a time on YouTube and just look at all of the YouTube, all of the UFO sightings that occur every day around the world. So they're preparing our consciousness for mass contact, but it's up to us, humanity, to reach out to them first and we have to do so in a peaceful way, not in a way of our ego or anything dealing with violence or war. We have to reach out to them as one mind. And our planet is close to that 
possibility. But right now we have to kick out all of the evil elites first, and then it will allow the, the free will of the ETs to come down and interact with humanity. Um, and you're not worried about Project Bluebeam? I've studied that for so long, and it makes more sense that Project Bluebeam was supposed to happen, but it hasn't happened, and they've never been able to implement it because the ETs who are watching over our planet, if Project Bluebeam were to be in operation, this would pull the ETs down into the battle because Project Bluebeam is a fake alien invasion, and this would implicate the ETs who are real. So the ETs wouldn't want this to happen because it would infringe upon our free will and it would infringe upon their ability to contact us because we would be in fear of them. So I've always heard the theory that the ETs will not let Project Blue Beam occur. And that is why the deep state hasn't been able to do it for so long. And it makes sense that the ETs would protect us from this type of technology because it directly implicates them and they are not gonna allow that to happen. Just like the ETs don't allow any nuclear weapons to be operational, um, a lot of people know that the ETs have deactivated all of the nuclear weapons around the world. So if they can do that for nuclear weapons, they can definitely right. do it for, for Project Blue Beam. It's so obvious. So you're saying that aliens, they would see bro, uh, Project Blue Beam taking pictures place and they would be like hey hey you ain't pulling a fucking boston tea party in our name and then they would fucking come down and they'd be like break it up break it up and then we'd just be like holy fuck wait these are the real guys you're saying that that was what would happen i think it's been happening already wow because the ets don't let the nuclear weapons up operate so it's much easy to to realize that Project Bluebeam hasn't been able to even been in operation any of these years when we look back. Um, God, there's so fucking much. Okay, mystery schools are coming up a lot. Vril Society, what's your opinion, man? David Wilcock is like, it's all evil, stay the fuck away from it. I <laughs> tend to think that it's like the force where there is a magic and you can either use it for good or for bad and you choose your path and you can, you know, you can use some cheat codes, anger and fear. Uh, and you can, uh, you know, go that route and you can go to the dark side and it's very powerful as well. What do you think about what I just said? I think the Vril Society did channeling with the reptilians and the Draco, which is why the Nazis were able to create anti-gravity vehicles. So they were sort of given the dark side directly. They weren't really able to choose the force because when they were initiating the channelings, the beings that were talking to them were already giving them the power of the dark side. And that's exactly what the Nazis needed to continue the war effort at the time. And that is how the top SS scientists were able to create anti-gravity 
and then there was like a split where some of the top scientists were able to escape off world whereas the other scientists had to um, take the war down to Antarctica and Argentina underground where they created the Nazi breakaway civilizations. So all of that information came down from, from the Vril, which the Vril society, which was channeling the reptilians and the Draco. So since that moment, they've already had the dark side imposed upon them. They weren't able to choose the light side and I know some of the Nazi scientists who escaped on some of those anti-gravity UFOs, they probably were of the light side and that's why they wanted to escape. And they left the solar system completely never to return. So there are entire civilizations out beyond Pluto, beyond our solar system of uh, millions of people who have escaped the Nazi breakaway civilizations. Okay, um, so, so hold on. So... But the Vril, okay, so you, you, you kind of proved it right there, which is the Vril were not inherently evil. They had an ability to channel, which is this, I would say, the good side of the force, right? They can choose to channel into good shit or they can choose to channel into the bad shit. And these particular people chose to channel into the or i don't know if they chose but they opened themselves up to some some bad shit i mean does that sound right yeah they were directly contacting the reptilians which already implies that the dark side was communicating to them they didn't really know how to channel anything else at that time or the only beings that were able to contact them at that time were the reptilian draco alliance do all mystery schools um are they all what's your opinion of them mystery schools are always a sort of spiritual stepping stone for the initiate because there's all sorts of forms of alchemy and then there's enlightenment which is an entirely different topic, but it is the primary topic of where all of these schools are trying to, to reach. Enlightenment is an ending to all of the suffering in your life. And with alchemy, they try to do that with certain rituals and sacred geometries and all sorts of types of uh, mental exercises. But in in Dharma and in certain forms of Buddhism, they focus mainly on meditation, which is a way to bring the mind into a state of awareness where they can realize the truth of reality. And that truth of reality is that all of the suffering in our lives is based on our thoughts alone. It's not something external that creates it for us. It's our thoughts grasping onto things grasping onto objects and labeling them as good or bad or pretty or ugly or rich or poor. This constant craving and aversion to objects that aren't real is what creates that suffering. So the path to enlightenment is an awakening to the true nature of our minds. It's an awareness of the true nature of reality. 
And then you, if, when you have the mystery schools, they're trying to use ancient knowledge from other types of masters from the past that are still trying to reach this state of enlightenment, but they're trying to do it through various other means that have been tried by many different types of initiates through all types of different mystery schools. So it's sort of like based on your karma and on your past life, what type of knowledge you're going to encounter in this lifetime. Not everybody is going to be lucky enough to encounter the Dharma. Some people are only going to be able to encounter alchemy or other types of um, esoteric knowledge that's mainly from the West. But when you get to the Eastern schools, I think they are more of a direct route to enlightenment and a more direct route to peace and um, the rainbow body ascension, the rainbow light body ascension is accessible for those who practice Dharma. And the Tibetan Buddhists, the Tibetan monks and yogis and practitioners, they are able to still attain rainbow body to this day. But when I study people who's, who study alchemy and other forms of mystery schools, I don't hear about them attaining these types of light bodies at this time, maybe in the past when the knowledge was not as diluted, but in our present day, uh, it's, it's still known that the, the ascended masters in Tibet and India, they are still attaining these supernatural abilities such as the rainbow body ascension or telepathy or levitation or walking through solid walls, all of these are abilities that are attained from studying the Dharma and realizing the non-dual nature of the mind, which is the direct path to enlightenment. So I think a lot of these mystery schools want to get there, but for some reason they're like taking the long route and they're not quite hitting it on the nail. This is just my opinion from studying the Emerald Tablets of Thoth and Hermeticism and all of the esoteric writings of um, Aleister Crowley and that whole group. There's so much you can go into, but I feel like they're not really helping people to really transmute their body, the physical body into, into light. But maybe you have to be an initiate in those schools. I don't know. But studying the Dharma, I know that it's possible for anybody to attain the light body ascension um, when the moment of death comes because the practice of Dharma is sort of like an art of dying. And the art of dying is about meditation, which prepares your consciousness for the moment of death so that you can attain the light body um, at the moment of death. It takes about seven days for the body to shrink down into pure rainbow light. And only the, the great masters are able to attain this state of enlightenment. But you don't have to become a rainbow body to be enlightened. There's other stages of enlightenment. Um, so as, as you may know, the enlightened Buddha, Buddha Gautama, he didn't attain rainbow body, but he did attain enlightenment. But after his death, his teachings came down to earth through telepathic mind treasures of other enlightened beings, other ascended masters of the time. And they were able to attain rainbow body. And it wasn't just one or two people, it was like, over 100,000 ascended masters have been recorded throughout Tibet's and India's history. 
So this is a very real phenomenon that we all need to learn and study because it's our true nature. It's the type of lost knowledge that we've been, that's been hidden from humankind for so long. And I think this great awakening is helping people to awaken to this true nature of where we are headed as a civilization in terms of consciousness and spiritual knowledge. Champ, we're on a, uh, we're on a, um, there's, there's a clock ticking. We're, we're, we're working against the clock here. And that clock is the great solar flash, the, the great conjunction. Uh, what are we headed toward here? There's, there's some kind of connection to what the Mayans were talking about with 2012 and, um, and what's happening now. Um, and we were supposed to take that time, I believe, to get ready <laughs> for this moment. Um, so what do you, what's, what's happening uh, come Christmas time? For me, there's always like three big events coming. One of those events is called death. And that oh. is so unpredictable that we should always be preparing ourselves for death. But should death not come tomorrow or next year? We have the pole shift coming up and the great solar flash. The great solar flash and the pole shift of the earth are sort of related because as our solar system continues moving through the dense energy cloud, this is creating the spiritual ascension on earth. This is what's raising our vibration and this is what's creating the polarity of chaos on our world. We have people who are ascending and there's people in the streets who are like throwing bricks into Whole Foods and all of the crazy rioters who have just created the negative polarity that's been on all of the media channels for the past few months. So this rise in consciousness creates the ascension of humanity. And as the great solar flash nears, the sun is charging up on a, these dense energy cloud particles, which is why our sun is in its grand solar minimum right now. And that means that when it comes out of the solar minimum, the great solar flashes are expected to occur. And a lot of people who are secret space program whistleblowers, they're all saying that it can happen starting um, around 2030. But four years ago, they were saying that it could start anytime now until 2030. So on my Great Awakening map, when I created it two years ago, the dates on there say that the Great Solar Flash should occur around 24 and 2025. But I'm probably going to have to move that back to at least 2030 because it's really hard to determine when the sun is going to release this hyperdimensional light. And we're not talking about solar flares. We're talking about a solar flash, which is this spiritual sort of high vibratory light that has been prophesied by so many world religions and ancient human civilizations. They all foretell of this time as when the human race would transform into beings of light and not just any kind of light. It was specific that they would say beings of golden light. And we can think about this in metaphorical ways or we can actually literally consider the possibility of us 
having all of our 12 strands of DNA activated when these great solar flashes occur. So this is one event that's looming in the near future. But the reason why we have to prepare for it is because this transcendental light is going to push our light bodies into activation. And those who are very negative beings, those who are very angry and hold on to past karma, and these types of people aren't going to be able to ascend when the light occurs because their bodies are so dense, energetically dense. We have four bodies. We have the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies. So these people may not ascend and they may actually be pushed into another dimensional reality or in the Bible that says that they're going to burn up. There's so many ways to think about what's really going to happen. And there's so many code secret words being used within the Bible and in ancient prophecies. Nobody really knows what will happen. But for all of the people who have been spiritually ascending during the past decade and longer, the more that you study this type of information, it seems as though the consciousness of man is going to ascend to the point of telepathy, at least. And once telepathy occurs, then you sort of have an automatic 4D civilization because then you have instantaneous communication. Telepathy is instantaneous communication where distance does not matter. And to go beyond that is when the physical body begins to turn into light. And that is a 5D being. That's a 5D civilization when you don't need to have material physical substance to to live and to operate every day so a 5d society is much further away than a 4d society but the great solar flash is prompting the the 4d aspect of her society to to come about at this time you have to remember that ufo craft when they travel through space and time they're already operating on a 4d dimensional reality because they're able to traverse time and space. Um, the occupants who fly these craft may not be telepathic occupants, but their craft are operating in a 4D reality. Um, so a lot of the secret space program people are already operating in a 4D consciousness. Now it's up to human civilization on Earth to catch up because that's where we're headed with free energy. Free energy pushes us into a 4D civilization and then our consciousness catches up while it becomes telepathic. And then we start to have more psychic abilities. And with these abilities, we're able to create technologies that sort of meld with our physical bodies, just like the 5D beings. The craft that you see them traveling in are just their bodies. They're not actually metal screw and bolts type of UFOs. They're just light craft, Merkaba vehicles. So this type of civilization is something that we're headed toward, but it's not really quite sure whether we're going to make a full leap to 5D. But the Great Solar Flash has the ability to push us into a 5D civilization, but not everybody's going to make it. It just depends on their personal karma, and it depends on their level of heart love and consciousness in the mind. So that's why we have to meditate, focus on world peace, focus on inner peace. This is the highest way to raise our vibration as quickly as possible to prepare for the great solar flash. And if a pole shift does occur on earth, which 
happens every 25,900 years. So the great solar flash always coincides with the 25,900 year pole shifts. And that's why we see North Pole moving vast distances right now. It's not in the same location. It's moving toward the equator and it's probably going to flip, but we don't know what type of damage it's going to create. It all depends on our mass consciousness. If we're in fear and we're manifesting disasters, that's what we're gonna have. So if we manifest together as one mind that the pole shift will be a safe pole shift and the great solar flash will be an enlightening experience, this is how we bring our civilization into a 5D timeline of heaven and bliss. Otherwise, our timeline is going to veer off toward a more, I guess, positive and negative aspect where you still have disasters and you still have a little bit of violence and, and crime, but you still have those who are ascending much quicker, sort of how it is right now on our planet. So I think that our timeline has already been steered toward a positive timeline. It's just that it may not be like 100% positive, but we can definitely steer it toward that direction. We've already averted World War III. That timeline is not on our path anymore, so we don't have to worry about World War III. But we can steer the timeline toward a much, much more peaceful future. It's very possible, and I think it's what's happening right now because we have so many people awakening every day. And I see hundreds and thousands of people awakening on Instagram alone every day. And so many people message me from around the world, from countries I don't even know. And they are all telling me how people are awakening and realizing the truth of reality. And they even say that the Great Awakening map has awakened thousands in their countries alone. So the map is able to raise the vibration and consciousness of our planet at this time. And we, have, we all have to work on raising our collective vibration and consciousness so that we can make sure that we are always on that 5D timeline toward a future of extreme bliss and peace. How does that sound? It sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, oh, look, okay, so here we are. I'm looking at your map and it's ridiculous, man. I want to talk about everything and it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it hurts my mind. Let's, well, it makes, actually, it doesn't hurt it. It just turns it, it's trying, it's like my mind is trying to multiply into to more minds to, um, to get my, wrap my minds, uh, my minds around it. You know the leader? You know the leader from Marvel? My brain is starting to, trying to create more folds, you know? <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so, all right. I want to talk about the next couple of years. I mean, let's talk about just this year. Like what, like you think that we're going to avoid the, the technocracy, you know, you, you are, do you, like that's what, um, you know, the, the whole new world order agenda where everything is uh, compartmentalized and labeled and, and filed away and everything is it's like it's like you think that we're we're going to avoid that there are enough people that are, are waking up we're gonna 
Maharishi effect this thing. We're going to hundredth monkey effect this thing. And we're going to no. everyone's going to uh, just, just totally um, reject all the misinformation. They're going to reject to the, the, you know, the narrative and we're not going to slip into the uh, horrific technocracy that they have laid out for us. As we get deeper and deeper into the dense energy cloud, you have to remember that all of the particles on our planet, in our solar system, they're increasing in vibration, which means the consciousness is increasing, it's right, is rising. So all of the evil people, the evil intentions within all of these evil groups, they are sort of not able to keep going on the path that they're going. That's why we're seeing such a shakeup in the technological world and social media. It just seems that whatever the media has been doing, it's just backfiring on them. And even with Twitter banning all of these accounts and including Instagram threatening to delete my account yesterday, we have all of these Silicon Valley companies that are trying to censorship the entire movement but whenever they do that, it just creates more awakening and more people learn the truth of what's really going on. And it just seems like the energetic vibration of our entire realm right now is being pushed to a higher state of consciousness and all of these evil intentions can't operate anymore. So we're seeing the kicking and screaming of these groups as they hang on for their last breath. I think that the nature of our reality is pushing out all of these dark, agendas and we're seeing them come onto the stage for the last act which is why we see the world in the state that it's in when you, when you turn on the television you have to remember that television is creating all of the, the false belief that everything is in chaos right now it's just a television show a great movie but we have to remember that our collective consciousness within is what determines the peace in the world so whether you're sitting home at peace or whether you're turning on the television and seeing negative violence, the reality that you choose is always begins within the inner peace. So we have to all create that inner peace within ourselves and then the outer world will change. This is how we change the world by becoming at peace within ourselves because we're actually switching timelines, just like the Mandela effect, which keeps cutting and, and splicing timelines, we have to manifest our own timeline internally, which will reflect within the outer world that we see. You'll start to see peace in the outer world when you first meditate and become at peace within. But those who don't are going to see the world become much more negative because the polarities are much more amplified now with the, with the grateful solar flash nearing and the all of the cosmic energy increasing more and more each day. Our DNA is actually activating more and more each day, which is why some people are going crazy and other people are blissing out. Yeah, right on. Um, <laughs> blissing out. I feel like that's what's happening to me, man. It's crazy. Um, I, okay, so <laughs> the Q uh, Trump agenda um the q movement where they're saying that covid is they're they're, they're using covid uh it's like it's like a 
what is it? Aikido. It's like every time deep state throws something at us or at, at us, at, uh, you know, the public, the, the, you know, that Trump is somehow sidestepping it and using the momentum against them. So do you believe in all that, that, that he's actually going after the cabal, that he's actually taking everybody down and all the underground, uh, you know, human trafficking rings are getting taken down and that there's going to be the tribunals and you believe all that? I believe all of the above that you just said. And I believe that the deep state had a lot of other nefarious ideas in place when Trump got elected, but none of those plans worked. None of their false flag attacks worked. They had nuclear weapons planned. They had false flag um, disasters and shootings all planned, but a lot of these didn't happen. So the only thing that they were able to come up with was the virus. And because, because Q and the secret alliance has been defeating the deep state this entire time that Trump has been in office, um, the deep state is losing more and more of its power. So they're shooting everything that they have right now into our reality to try to push it toward a, a dystopian future where they have control. But unfortunately for them, they are losing. And that is why they were only able to pull this not even functional virus and it didn't even do the damage that they wanted to. So now they're trying to use it to stall the election. They're using it to try to force people to use mail-in ballots, which they can manipulate. But there's going to be some sort of security measure in place because Q has access to looking glass technology. And I think you already know this from our last podcast, but. Looking Glass is able to view certain future timelines. And Q has always said that everything has already been accounted for. What you see on the Q drops are just scripts of the movie coming out for you to, to learn what's happening with behind the scenes. So all the people who study Q know that the Secret Alliance, the Earth Alliance, always has many steps ahead of the deep state. So Right now, we're seeing the entire purge of the elite cabal around the entire planet. And the media is trying to hide this fact, which is why they're using distractions such as COVID and anything else that you turn on the television, you'll see riots and just whole sorts of social upheavals within our country. And that's just all to distract us from the fact that they are losing and they are being arrested in insane amounts of numbers around the world, not just in our country, but underground and all around the world at this time. So what do you think of my situation, man? Here I am. I'm fucking straddling Hollywood. I'm about to go do, you know, Fantastic Beasts 3. Uh, in September, if we even make it that far, you know, I, I'm like, I'm sitting here and just, you know, watching the, the, the world has stopped and I'm, I feel like just trying to observe and get, it's like, it's like, it's like the, it's the quiet before the storm. 
Um, and you know, I do my research. There's, there's a rash of pastors. I don't know if they're all connected or whatever, if it's a psyop or whatever, but there's a hell of a lot of them. And I, you know, I go down rabbit holes. I'm constantly looking at the full spectrum of all sorts of shit all day long, just absorbing information. And, but I, I can't not notice the fact that there have been many people coming up with dreams, warnings talking about watch out for, uh, uh, watch out for something crazy happening in August. Um, you know, watch out for something. They always love to do, the deep state always loves to do shit in September. And uh, obviously November is huge. More 11s. Um, and, uh, and that when you say that the the bad guys are going to you know pull out all the stops um i think people are worried about a lot of casualties you know um and i think like i look at what's coming and it's like no matter how you calculate it there's going to be some kind of civil uh unrest whether trump wins or loses whether we even get to the elections Right. Um, that's, that's what I'm noticing. Like it's, this, it's just going to be a full takedown of the system and a reevaluation of the whole fucking thing. And during that time, it's going to be fucking chaos, but from the bubbles come the steam. So here I am <laughs> and I'm in the middle of uh, about to go to fucking, you know, Hollywood back into Hollywood land, la la land making movies and I'm just like, is that structure going to continue? Um, is it going to be like, you know, dismantling around me, you know, as it's happening, like this, like the scenes in the pianist where Adrian Brody is like in the middle of like chasing after some girl while there's, bombs going off and building parts flying and he's just all so can i get your number <laughs> is that gonna be me man definitely you bro hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Definitely you. You were here for a purpose, brother. You were born for these times. And your role in Hollywood is a very, very important role. You are here for a reason. So just keep going strong on that path. You are the light in the Viper's Den, bro. Whenever you go into Hollywood, I used to live there too for many years. You are that candle of light and other people are gonna come to you and they're gonna say, thank you, Dan. You've literally awakened me. So there's going to be a reason for you being in these movies and being in Hollywood at this time with the knowledge that you have. And there's gonna be thousands of others who notice the types of things that you're talking about and just go bravely into that world 
and with the best intentions for awakening humanity and the universe will take care of you. Divine justice will take care of you. Um, the, the negative beings cannot harm you when you have an intention of, of love and light. That's what it comes down to. All of us around the world right now, we are all doing our role to awaken as many people as possible. And as a yogi, I sit in meditation retreat every day. But through my Instagram, I'm reaching out to over 100,000 people. And those hundreds of thousands of people branch out into one or two million of reach that I get every day. So I'm affecting so many people consciously just through my, my iPhone. And with you being in Hollywood, you are affecting so many millions and millions of people that you don't even know. We all have these roles that we've chosen for this time of the great awakening. And we have to trust that everything will be okay and never ever doubt or have negative thoughts because our entire reality is dependent on our thoughts. And the, the future that you're manifesting is always going to be determined by how much positivity you, you focus on every day. And which is why you're going back and doing these amazing films that have very mystical sorts of themes because you are the guy who would understand this type of stuff at this time. So that's, that's how I view my role at this time. And I hope that others can see that the mind is very important. Keeping the mind at peace at this time is what's going to pull a peaceful timeline toward you. Uh, I hope so. It's so funny when I analyze my situation. When I think about my part in the movie of the franchise, which came to me and as a total miracle, um, that I'm playing an ancestor. I'm playing some, my, my, my great grandfather was a baker, you know, probably, you know, looked a lot like me and, uh, you know, or one of my, I, I definitely look like one of my, um, my many uh, great uncles, um, my grandfather's brothers. He was a baker on the Lower East Side. Fogler's, fam Fogler's famous pumpernickel was a big thing in the in the fucking you know twenties twenties <laughs> or whatever you know thirties and and uh, I'm basically playing an ancestor. Um. Who is, who is a muggle, who is a nomad, who is a, a, just a regular schmo that's allowed to step into this, you know, who means well, but and, and, and is allowed to, has good intentions and is allowed to step into this magical, gigantic Hollywood world in one of the biggest franchise, franchises ever. And the subject matter is magic mysticism, ancient wisdom. <laughs> and I'm allowed to navigate through that as well for some reason. Why I'm allowed to, um, and, I, and I have been in, you know, I'm a very, I'm a sensitive soul. And I've been in situations where I was very empathically sensitive to 
um, the, the evil that was around me. And a lot of times, you know, in my oblivious nature, I had no clue, but my body was telling my body, I would have these, like I told you, I would have these, um, allergic reactions were, were quite hysterical. Um, but I would have these physical reactions. Um, like when I would wrap Tzvillin and put the cube on my head and my, my sinuses would just release and like my whole body was like, get this off of you. Um, I would feel that in meetings sometimes, you know, um, Those are all past life clues to what you were before. I think what I was before was a shamanic Jew before they really called them Jews. This is what I resonate with that. I was one of those original guys figuring this stuff out just exactly as I'm doing now trying to stay on the good path and use the good side of the force, the alchemy of this, of this universe and the, and the understanding like one of the original, I don't know what you would call them, Hebraic shamans. Like, that's what I feel like I'm getting to. Like, uh, I don't know. Solomon, I understand. He understood that you can wield this stuff and, this, and Tesla was the same way. Ah, such a fucking perfect example. There's so much Gnosticism in the types of subject matter that you talk with me. And I also noticed that you were a Star Wars fan, just as myself. Oh, yeah. And whenever I watched Star Wars as a child, I always felt that that was my past life. Wow. I always felt so drawn to that universe. As Star Trek as well, but 51% I'd rather live in the Star Wars universe because I was so obsessed with it. And it seemed so real to me. And when I would see you doing your Star Wars skits on Instagram, it already occurred to me that your past life dealt with the force and all sorts of esoteric mystical knowledge. And for you to see the Merkaba in that vision that you told me about on our first podcast, it already occurred to me that your past life was, was somebody of some sort of a sermonic spiritual nature, like a wizard, bro. And, and now that you're, in this lifetime, you're being drawn to these mystical movies that are sort of like as above, so below your current life, past life coming together. Your Joseph Campbell. You. Hero's yeah, journey, yeah, Joseph Campbell. Your hero's journey is being guided by your higher self and it's putting you in these roles again because that's where your higher mind has, has drawn you in this life. I think it's really, I think it's really amazing, bro. Um. I was talking to this psychic recently. She was on the show and uh, uh, I think her name is, uh, is it Grace Palermo? <laughs> Grace, I'm sorry if I'm messing up your name. Um, she, uh, man, I had an experience with her. She, I said, I haven't really been able to connect with my Kundalini recently. And she's like, oh, no problem. And she threw across, across the fucking phone lines. She basically, and she said, uh, she basically described how it would happen. When I had Kundalini, my experience was obviously the classic way from the root chakra, you know, up. Um, but um, 
she said, oh, I'm going to bring in some, some Kundalini energy, some good cosmic energy from above to, to clean you out, you know, and she did. I felt, <laughs> I felt my fucking crown chakra. Like she was like, it was like, she was like a, like a, like a, a chakra proctologist from a fucking, <laughs> from across the way. She like, I felt my crown chakra open. Yeah. And then suddenly, not a proctologist, a, uh, a brain surgeon. She, and, and then I felt the flooding in of not as strong as that first time, but it was a nice little, it was like a little liquid Drano, you know, in my fucking, in my chakras coming from above, like she said it would. And I started feeling that Kundalini goodness. And I had to, you should, I'll send you that episode. And I, and I, who I had to, to whoo, I had to take a little breath, you know, she, uh, and, and take some time to, to feel it and appreciate it, but also like stay in the interview. It was crazy. I'll have one of those. Um, yeah. Right. I'll get you guys in touch, man. Uh, so she said to me something that was pretty wild. She says, Oh, cause she gets, you know, she taps into uh, all she, she, I guess she talks to Tesla on the regular basis. Uh, she, um, she said that I was a gateway, that I was a portal, you know, uh, being a man, I don't know how I feel about that completely, but it kind of resonates with me. Like, <laughs> like I feel like, oh wow, like, um, and I, it's what's like my like my fucking heart shocker is like oversized. I just I was told that in a lot of ways from other psychics, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I am some kind of. Um, connection to the collective and all this stuff is flowing through me man in my work um and i just keep on getting reminders that that i'm just doing what i should be doing and it's weird because i'm navigating this minefield and i did and and i know that i'm like i don't i don't know if i'm this sounds wild i know i should have more followers on my twitter i know i should have more followers on the on the platforms that i'm on i'm not on facebook maybe that's why um and and i believe it's because i'm being monitored you know um and because i haven't joined any of these i haven't sold my soul you know i haven't i haven't sold my soul for followers essentially so and i'm but i'm for and i think it was a total fucking miracle that i that i got into this franchise i think the odds were totally against me and i had some good guys on the inside um and i'm trying to get my uh, i'm trying to add more time to this zoom because i think we only have uh about 10 minutes left on this call is there a way i i, I just texted my wife to add more time um you got to go into the fogler portal the fogler portal man um, it's crazy because it's, it's, it's all in my work. It's just, it just makes so much sense that, and, and I'm, like I said, I'm navigating this minefield. I don't know. And I know I'm being, I, I, I have a feeling in my gut that, um, I am, you know, my, I, I like, because I see followers flooding in every day. And, and I see that, you know, the numbers stay the same or they tick down. Not that I give a shit about that. And I'm learning more and more not to even care about that shit. It doesn't matter. It's like um, the, the information gets out anyway. But I feel as though 
ever since Don Peyote, um, that the powers that be are saying, okay, we find this guy charming. <laughs> you know, and I feel like there are many times where I said the wrong thing and it probably almost cost me my career. Um, and I didn't know it, but I certainly felt it in certain scenarios. Certainly felt that because I didn't um, sell my soul in certain scenarios, um, that uh, I didn't get many, many opportunities. But I feel what's strange is that I feel like that's loosening up. Just from my very selfish point of view, like, like Anne Heche, you know, Anne Heche is going <laughs> to, she must be sitting somewhere going, I was right, you know, like, like I fucking, you know, with all this alien stuff. And, she, and, and uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are, that are vindicated. I don't know how I've been able to say a lot of the stuff and have a lot of the people on my podcast that I have. Um, it's, and it's gone under the radar in a lot of places and allowed to be out there maybe because the numbers are, you know, monitored. Um, uh, and I've had many situations, very weird situations on both Twitter and Instagram where I spoke a little too much truth. And for some reason uh, I was having trouble with my count that day. You know, it's like, it's very strange, very strange shit going on. And, and, you know, as you said, Censorship is wild, but uh, I feel like, uh, and the thought police are out there. But I've, I've aligned myself with certain platforms and people, and I look at heavy metal, and I'm just like, wow, they, you know, how do they? You, you read heavy metal magazine? They have, they had, they're so um, irreverent, you know, and and as as rock and roll as they are, you know, as heavy metal as they are and all the things that, and all the connotations that flow with that, the, like the information that they, that they uh, push and uh, support is like the, the fact that they're publishing all my titles, which are just dripping with conspiracy theories from the headlines is amazing. And I look at, I look, if you look at, um, and it's a prophetic magazine, they, I don't know if they had inside information or, or what, but back in the 80s, uh, Heavy Metal put out, and you can look, this can, you know, look it up right now. They put out <laughs> uh, a short in one of their magazines. It was like a, like a, probably like a five or 10 page short story um, about Trump becoming president putting up a wall and segmenting off, starting with uh, putting a, a wall between Jersey <laughs> and New York or something. And he puts a wall up between Jersey and New York to keep the riffraff out. <laughs> and then he just starts segmenting everything. And it does, everything starts to resemble ghettos, you know, Warsaw. And, uh, and then you see um, it's... Uh, whether it's prophetic or not, or what timeline it's, it's announcing, it gets a lot of the key players right back in the 80s. And um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, the artists 
how tapped in they are. Um, so I am. Okay. So great. My, I think my, I think my wife added an hour, so that's great. So how, how does all that resonate with you, man? I've never seen the magazine, but I know that the deep state owns a lot of magazines and the light is just so strong now. The darkness can't, the darkness can't win. Like everything that's happening in our world is going oh, yeah. toward higher. Yeah, please higher keep going, sorry. And um, there's no reason for you to fear your, your career because if you truly follow the most exciting thing you can think of at every moment, it is the path that your higher mind has, has laid out for you in this lifetime. Your higher self sees the past and the future. It knows the most ideal timeline that you should be on in this life. And for you to be on that ideal timeline, you have to follow your most highest excitement and joy at every moment. And that high vibrational emotion, that high vibrational consciousness of joy and excitement is what will put you on the highest path, which is also the safest path and the most ideal path where everything you've ever wanted is going to come true. So the more that you focus on what makes you happy at every moment and, and do it without any fear, that's how you're going to be able to go back into Hollywood and, and fearfully complete all of your projects. And also, it's going to bring light to millions of people in ways that you couldn't have never imagined. Just like for myself when I was living in Los Angeles, before I had created my Instagram and the Great Awakening map, I was just going day by day as a freelance designer. And I knew that eventually I'd have to stop this and I'd have to live somewhere in Asia and just be a yogi. But I never knew how I would get there. But when I truly followed my, my joy and I just said, forget it, I'm leaving Los Angeles, I'm going to start a new life and I'm not gonna have any plans I'm just going to go and I'm going to trust that my higher self is going to save me. And it did because this is the teachings that I learned from Bashar and his channelings are what gave me the courage to go forward with my new life. And then out of that, without even me knowing it was even possible, my Instagram started and then the great awakening map came to me uh, in mid 2018. So all of those 10 years of being a freelance designer, living at home, it gave me all of those years to be a researcher. Since 2008, I found, about, I found out about the hexagon on Saturn. And since that moment, I had become a researcher, delving into the deepest, darkest rabbit holes known to humankind. And I was able to build the Great Awakening Map very quickly as a designer and an artist. Then I released it and then it started to spread across Instagram and it was also posted on the Q map forums. And now it's been about two years since then. And I have thousands of people messaging me every day from around the world. And so many people are awakening in like bizarre ways I could have never imagined. So the universe is always going to throw something even more magical than you could have ever imagined because your ordinary mind, the ego mind, can only imagine so much for yourself. 
But when you start to follow your highest joy and highest passion every moment, I mean like do the most exciting thing you can think of at every moment of your life and don't stop. That is the path of the most ideal, optimal timeline that has been chosen for you by your higher self. So for you, if you had been doing that already, this is why you were able to get the sort of blessings in your life that you've been received with at this time. And even more will come the more that you truly follow what excites you the most and never fall back to fear or what if I don't have enough of this? What if, what if, what if I don't have enough money? Like you don't have to worry about those types of things because the universe will always send it your way if you are always feeling the vibration of gratitude and joy at every moment. So that's the secret for manifestation that I learned. And manifesting only works when you are using gratitude in your life instead of prayer. Because when you pray for something, you're telling the universe that you don't have it yet. You have lack in your life. And the universe is only going to see that vibrational signal that you're giving out but if you're giving out the signal of gratitude, that you love everything and you're so happy for everything you already have, the universe is going to send you that timeline where you have everything and you're thankful for everything, which means you've already been given everything that you want. All of your greatest dreams could only occur if you are feeling grateful. That feeling of happiness and joy that you have everything is what you need to feel now, even before you get there. That's how the universe pulls that ideal timeline to you. So the secret of manifestation is to envision what you want, give thanks to the universe that it's already occurred, and then truly feel joyful and excited as if it had already happened, and truly believe that it's coming your way. And don't doubt for one moment that you can't have it or that it's impossible because of this and that and all of these excuses that your ego mind is going to throw at you but you have to bypass the ego mind by just trusting the universe and always sending thanks and gratitude for all the little blessings in your life. And that's how the big miracles come. That's how the positive timeline is pulled toward you. And I think if everybody focused on world peace or inner peace, that's how we push the timeline even more powerful than the Maharishi effect because you're already experiencing inner peace which is already pulling a, a better timeline toward you and then you're just going to keep finding more and more people that are like you in these timelines it's just going to get more and more exponentially peaceful and blissful and all the things that you manifest are going to come to you much more easily than if you were somebody who is just really frustrated with life and and not awakened these types of people would never see those types of positive timelines come to them. They would rather be in fear and doubt than control um, how their future of peace manifests toward them. Yeah, I think, um, I think it helps being an actor to be able to use your imagination and envision that stuff, you know, and really like, all the things that ever miracles that ever came true, I kind of played out scenarios in my mind. Um, and I think that if we all want, you know, that world peace, we have to envision what that looks like. You know, we all got to get on the same page about that. And then, yeah, I think that if we all get on the same page, man, if we're all thinking about what that all that looks like, 
actually seeing it and thanking the universe for, you know, providing that, I think we've got a good chance. Um, I, uh, I want to get, you know, just selfishly keep going down the path of, of me <laughs> for a while, if you don't mind, you know, cause I, you know, it's like, you know thyself and then, you know, the rest of the, uh, the world. I want to say that it must be, it must be a, like a comedy of errors for the cabal because it's like you give your creation energy over to this cult, you know, and they make things happen for you and you keep on giving your energy over however it is, however horrible way, you know, and their whole thing as I've researched is that they have to, the whole stipulation is like, yeah, you, you got to do all these horrible things. And you and, and if you have a plan and you want to present it to everyone, they have to accept it just like a vampire coming into your house. So you have to announce it. Uh, so in certain cases, it's okay for people just to say, holy shit, for conspiracy theorists to say, holy shit, this is what they're planning. This is what's coming. And it's okay in that scenario if people don't, if people take it with a grain of salt, you know, if people think it's, it's entertainment um, and they let it slide. But as soon as people, <laughs> as soon as people start to be like, wait a minute, there's some truth to that weirdo, <laughs> what that weirdo saying, there's some truth to what that conspiracy theorist is talking about. A lot of this shit's coming true, actually. That's when the, that's when the cabal is like, holy fuck! All right, we gotta shut this down. <laughs> it's, like this constant, it's like this constant slippery slope, and they're like, wait a minute, and and, and it's like it's funny because it's it's a it's like a, you know Keystone Cops because they're trying to all they're trying to like surveil all the people popping up and then you know relying on algorithms to like like let them know if someone has crossed the line. And that's, you know, that's glitchy. So it's like whack-a-mole, you know, like, like, it's like, fuck, like, I, wait a minute, is that, are we allowed to let that go? Are we allowed to let them announce our plans? No, fuck, we can't let that person announce our plans. We can let, you know, it's, it's like, right? It must be fucking crazy for them. It must be so stressful. It must be very stressful for that type of low vibratory consciousness to operate at all times. And that's why, there's just so much confusion in that world because so many of the, the leaders, the occult leaders, they're the ones pulling the strings. They have the higher, bigger picture of the reality, but everybody down below as in the minions, they're trying to do all of the workings that you said, you know, they're the ones doing the censorship and trying to decide what is allowed and what isn't. And the part of the black magic that they use is showing in blatant public, their plans. And if we cannot see that ourselves, it's our bad. So part of the black magic in that world requires them to show what they wanna do first. And um, it's what they abide by. It's something that they can't change, it's their nature. It may seem ridiculous to us that they announce what they're going to do, but to them, it's just like, uh, it's part of the way they work. 
it's it's the ritual it's the beauty the art of the of the occultness of their of their world yeah and then you'd think that they know that these trickster entities that they're that they're worshiping are sitting back and like loving the chaos that, <laughs> that all these fucking slaves are running around their chicken like chickens without their heads it's it, it's i don't know it just makes it just seems like a huge uh, a lot of people don't know the many? the higher ups a lot of people don't know who's really at the top of the pyramid but a lot of us researchers do know that so that's why the dark groups are able to operate because the lie is different at every level is compartmentalized in such a way where you'll never know the true reasons for the things that they make you do but as you go more and more up the pyramid then it makes more sense to the people who are actually pulling the strings so you have to remember that most of these people who are in these groups don't even know one level above them they're just trying to make make the money and get the fame and get out but um you know as you may know a lot of people aren't able to get out um as fast as they envision in their minds and that's why we have to um, keep awakening people to the truths of that world and help as many people as we can that's our main job and our main reason for being in the roles that we're in including you and myself wow i just keep getting lost in your map dude i keep getting lost in your map um <laughs> uh lucifer telescope yikes lucifer's telescope then you got uh, what is it uh, lucifer aid or something <laughs> it's like <laughs> that, that you already bill, know. Gates, bill, bill gates is uh, it's like how it's like they're they're just announcing that that shit it's, it's just, like uh, it's weird they uh, they are doing the black magic and it's the only way there's no other way around it. They have to announce. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's insane. Um, okay, let's, so let's get back to uh, to me for a second. It's so easy to to fly off off planet. Um, okay, <laughs> do you mind? Because I'm, I'm just like trying to use this time to like get to the bottom of the know thyself question. Okay. So here I am. I am, uh, I am a Brooklyn, what you would call a, a Brooklyn Jew. That's how I was raised. But when you get more specific, I'm an Ashkenazi. Um, and the way I understand it was the Ashkenazi came down, or the descendants of Noah. Ashkenazi supposedly came down from Mount Ararat, the Caucasus Mountains. Um, and uh, I guess that gets into RH negative blood, bloodlines. Um, I guess that gets into a, a birthright. Like, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people survived the flood, but the 
but the guys, the folks that came down in the Caucasus Mountains were just like, well, we were told that uh, all this was going to be ours after, so uh, fuck you. <laughs> okay. But they, they didn't account for everybody else that was going to survive. <laughs> like, like, that's my crazy way of looking at it. Um, so I mean, does that, what is that? Well, let's start with that, man. What do you think about what I just said? I know that from a lot of research, uh, others have said that the Rh negative blood type comes down from the Anunnaki and their bloodline stayed within the global elites throughout human history from when the Anunnaki came from Mars. So that bloodline of Rh negative may be something that a lot of people have. It's extraterrestrial origin. And the karma of those who came over from Mars after the Mars war is what allowed them to come to Earth and then create new civilizations like from in Antarctica and in other places around the world. So from my research, that's what I know about the history since the Anunnaki arrived, but into the terms of all the biblical names and the family lineages, you would probably know more about that than me. Well, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm a mudblood, like my, like, you know, I'm like a fucking, I am a muggle. Um, but my mother, my mother was RH negative. My mother is RH negative. Um, and I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that, I feel like, uh, you know, there's, there's some kind of straddling of DNA there. Um, I, I don't, I find that so fascinating. So the, where does biblically not, you know, not that I'm a Bible person, but is that all connecting? Like there's the RH negative bloodline, the RH negative bloodline leads to the, the Anunnaki and does that, does the RH negative bloodline lead to Noah? Does it lead to Cain and Abel? Um, that, that story, like what's, what's your, do you have any knowledge of that? I would say that it does relate to them because they would be considered the, the global elites of the time, you know? So the story of Noah, which is basically where we're at right now, um, which was my Haftorah, my father's Haftorah. You know, when you're bar mitzvah, you, you tell a specific tale from the Bible. Mine was, was Noah. I've been connected to Noah for a long time, it seems. When I was growing up um, in my playroom as a kid, my parents had this big uh, cartoon depiction of... Uh, Noah, who was painted, it was like a, like it was really like a like a like a hippie painting, and it depicted all of the. It was like Noah's Noah's boat landed on Ararat, and it had Noah, obviously, uh, you know, in a in a very kind of PG way. 
but Noah was on top of uh, his wife and all the animals were on top of each other. And it was like, a, if you looked at it, it would be like, oh, it's like an orgy. It's like, no, 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 that's the story of Noah. <laughs> Uh, but that's what was in our playroom growing up, which is so funny. But that story of Noah, and that was my parents' way of saying, you know what, we have to introduce the birds and the beads somehow. Let's do it with this painting, you know, which was a very, it was like, other than the fact that everybody, <laughs> all the animals and Noah and everyone were all fucking their, their significant other. Uh, it was, it was like a very, it looked like a kid's painting. It's kind of funny. Um, but the, uh, I learned a lot from that painting. I learned about the birds and the bees because obviously it raised a lot of questions. What are they doing? <laughs> uh, and the fact that I'm, I've just been connected with Noah, that story for as long as I live. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, so, and then learning where the Ashkenazi supposedly came from now is now they came down and they came into and, and who the fuck named the Caucasus Mountains? That's just obnoxious. Is that is that is that fucked up? Like what were they before they got there? <laughs> and why were they white? Let me ask you a question. So if we all came out of Africa, the original Semites, and we had the is that the RH negative, you know, mixed in? Is that the recessive? Um, is that the recessive and Enlil who were the brothers who came down okay. and Enlil good guy Inki became the bad guy and from there the civilization began around Africa and it eventually spread out and they were warring over energy and gold at the time and I think you may know the story of the Ark of the Covenant um, there's a researcher named Graham Hancock. Uh, Graham Hancock traveled to Ethiopia where he found a church that was guarded by these ancient priests. And they had claimed that the Ark of the Covenant was, was beneath this church. And these priests had cataracts in their eyes from looking at the Ark and guarding it for their whole lives. So that prompted Graham Hancock to believe that the Ark of the Covenant was a thing of fire, of energy, maybe even radiation. There was some sort of technology hidden down there that was taken down throughout history, all the way down through all the Bible stories that we talk about in Noah. So there's something mysterious about this story that's still relevant to today. And your past life is probably, one of your past lives is probably within this time period that you're talking about. That's why you're so drawn to it. And that's why your mother has arch negative blood. And that's why you are still trying to figure out this history that's very interesting to you yourself. And I can only say that there's some reason why you were uh, incarnated during that time with your karma. And then you are able to come back at this time to accomplish whatever missions that you weren't able to uh, finish during those times. So now, with all the information that you have and all of the types of interests that you bring in with this life, you are here to further your, your soul mission that you left off on um, during these times of Noah. It's pretty amazing, but not surprising to me. I think that it's very possible that this is one of your past lives and you're still trying to figure out 
what the next step would be to do in this lifetime. So if you get a past life regression, I'm sure you can ask your higher self these questions and yeah. you would understand why you are born into uh, a Jewish family and you would have to understand why um, you're being given these roles now in Hollywood. Should I be building a boat, champ? <laughs> you are the boat, man. You don't need to build the boat. <laughs> you are the boat. <laughs> I am the pan. Um, Jesus, champ. Okay, so let's keep going down this path. So they come out of the Caucasian Mountains, which I'm pretty sure. Okay, so, so I'm not Semitic. There was obviously some kind of recessive albino something. If we all came out of Africa and everybody was uh, brown and black and different shades of that, and then there was the flood, how did we turn? Turn white. There must have been some kind of recessive gene. Um, I think that uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, how did, what's that connection? If that's where exactly where we came from, or we didn't fucking come from Africa. We fucking were beamed down, man. I don't fucking know. We crash landed in the fucking Ararat. You know, I don't fucking know. From Ours is that maybe like like go if you want to go that route, maybe that's the what happened. We didn't have, any, down didn't have anything to do with the fucking Semites. What were you saying? The Anunnaki came down and they spliced the DNA of themselves with whoever was already here on Earth. Okay, and that is how we have so many different races because the Anunnaki came down and mixed their DNA with the humans that were already here at the time, which is why we all have extraterrestrial DNA within ourselves. We are all descendants of the Anunnaki. And this is why they were able to use, they were able to um, turn off all of the strands of our DNA so that we weren't telepathic and so that we weren't able to have the higher dimensional super abilities as they do, so that we could be uh, controlled and kept in a state of uh, slavery for all of these thousands of years since since they arrived. So the human race was used to do the workings of the Anunnaki. And the reason why we're awakening at this time is because the DNA is becoming activated by this great solar flash, dense energy cloud that we're traveling through. And the DNA will continue to activate all of our strands will continue activating and this is allowing us to learn about our extraterrestrial history and origins it's just going to keep getting more and more uh awakened we're going to keep learning more and more of our true history and what we've been missing out on this entire time the ones that came from mars were they Anunnaki or were they humanoid or were they humans and Anunnaki that came from Mars? You know, they were like, giants. The okay. Mars, Mars used to orbit 
a super earth called Maldek. It was a really large earth. And there okay. was a war between Mars and Maldek. And Maldek exploded. And the explosion debris of Maldek is what the asteroid belt is today. And you'll see that on the Great Awakening map. So right. these were giants. These were higher dimensional beings. They may have been 4D civilization. Um, the odds of navigating they, an asteroid field of 5,647 to one. Never tell me the odds. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So after they came, the survivors of that battle came to Earth and some of them crash landed on Earth, they weren't able to return anywhere else. You have to remember this is 500,000 years ago. So that's the story of how the Anunnaki came to Earth. And some of them were good guys and some of them were bad guys. That's why you have Enkil and uh, Enki and Enlil from the Bible and the Sumerian texts. They will talk about this. And the history of our planet is extraterrestrial. That's what the global elite have been trying to hide from us this entire time. And they also don't want us to know that we have the same DNA as these gods, as they worship these gods, the, the Illuminati cabal deep state, they worship these gods and they want them to return. And they believe that they're the ones pulling all the strings in, across our entire planet and the solar system where they operate. Okay, so my my religion outside of well, my DNA outside of my religion, I should say, <clears throat> is because um, that's such a weird thing to be to be labeled a Jew as your like it's a scientific special thing. Um, but uh, I'm I'm Russian Romanian, uh, uh, um, Austrian. Um, those, those, that's my genetic makeup for the most part related to Trotsky on my mother's side. It's crazy. If you, <laughs> if you put a goatee on Trotsky or you put a goatee on my mother, it looks like Trotsky. If you like puff her hair out, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> um so I, I got a lot of revolution in my, my blood, but I looked down and so if I'm on the right path here, I am Ashkenazi. We came down from the mountains. Um, and some of us came to Russia, settled in Russia, Romania. Um, so I'm looking down at uh, Khazars on your map. The Kazarian Mafia. What can you tell me about that, man? They are one of the highest groups that pull strings along with the uh, Illuminati Cabal. They are one of the, the OGs of the secret societies that have been running the world for generations and generations and generations. But I think that in your past life, you were a, a high priest who had occult knowledge, which is why you're drawn to it now in this life. And which is why you were able to see the things that you were able to see. To see the Merkaba is a very rare thing. Not a lot of people could even envision that in their life, but you were able to see it from a seemingly 
random occurrence when you saw that psychic. So there's definitely something that you've done in your past life that allowed your higher self to reveal that to you again in this life. It's just that you're piecing it together now through your genealogy. Well, let's delve into that for a second since we have, uh, let's see, we have, an, yeah, we have a, maybe like another half hour here. That's awesome. Okay. So that, that, that moment, which was really the, the ignition in, you know, turning the ignition key in my, into to my awakening, really. Um, now I'm trying to find it on the map. Here we go. I found the Galactic Federation. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this for the last half hour. All right. Um, now I brought up the I brought up the Sardian Mafia. Right, that's what they're called. Yeah, the 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 Sardian, the Casardian Mafia, and the Kesars and the King. Right, is that like they're 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 connected to the kings and. I brought them up because this, 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 uh, Anya Briggs, who I'm trying to get on the show, she, she's such a tricky human being. Very powerful, probably the most powerful psychic I've met with. She has uh, done healing work on me where I felt, you know, vortex energy, um, healing vortex energy. She was taking, you know, some funky stuff out of me and uh replacing it with goodness and i felt that <laughs> i felt just like uh you know when grace sent me some good cosmic energy felt that same kind of kundalini um flow uh anya briggs but she is her cylinders are operating on all you know on all levels at all times like you talk to her she is a fucking Great Awakening map. Like all the information that she has in store in her, she will spew out. And if you ain't, if you don't have three hours, four hours <laughs> to, to surf that with her, it gets very hard to, so I'm trying, I'm trying to get her on the podcast, um, which would be an amazing My place. Thing is on the map if, you, if you've seen it before. So, say it again, the Galactic Federation. Yeah, I found it. Yeah. Uh, and psychic healing is on the map as well. Oh, psychic healing. Yeah, that's one of the most fascinating topics that I've ever researched. And I'm really surprised that you met a psychic healer who was able to actually work on you from a distance. Oh, yeah. I've heard cool. about it, and that was the first time it actually happened to me. The first time it was described to me was from uh, an acupuncture friend that would, um, that would do uh, uh, Tom, who would do acupuncture on me. And he said that, he, I said, who do you go to when you have pain, man? He says, oh, uh, I don't have to go to them. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah? He said, yeah, I, gotta, I have a, a guru, my, you know, the master who I call. I, you know, some, I, say, I call him a master. I don't know, you know, some, some kind of yogi that he calls. Uh, and who is like fucking living, you know, across the world. And they tap into each other on a, on a telepathic level, connected over the phone. And Tom will tell him, okay, I'm having this pain. And this guy from across the world will send healing energy and Tom will feel it. Tom will instantly feel re relief in the spot that he describes um, from, from across the world. So 
he described that to me. I was like, oh, really? And then, and then the same thing happened to me with Grace. So I believe it. Uh, um, so, so many, I become a believer uh, through tangible things, you know, things I feel, things I can see in my mind's eye, you know, um, like, listen, there's a world where that whole awakening was a fucking setup, you know, where the CIA was in a fucking, like, uh, a black van outside of where I, where I was. And uh, are you being attacked by aliens right now? <laughs> That's a pug. Oh, okay. Well, you saw a man in black. Just be careful. Yep, same kind, same kind of pug. <laughs> if he starts talking like this, uh, just, uh, you know, give him a beer. Um, <laughs> so I'm saying that time with Anya where she opened up my third eye and I saw my Merkaba. Who knows? Maybe I was something was, you know, I was getting some skull technology, you know, inter-skull technology, some, some uh, you know, Tesla, Tesla tech being beamed into my head. That could possibly happen. I don't have all the answers, but my gut tells me that that was something that was real, um, that I saw the, the, sacred geom- uh, the sacred geometric technology that exists inside of all of us in our chakra system. Um, now... I choose not to believe that nefarious thing. Like, how could they have coordinated that? <laughs> Fogler's starting to wake up. We better fucking... No, no, that, that, that didn't happen. Um, now, let's talk about that experience. She sat me down, and I, I was like, oh, I'm meeting with the psychic. Like, one, she's one of the first psychics I ever met with. Uh, I said, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to give her anything. I'm just, it was like, I thought, okay, this is going to be like a magic trick. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell her the number I'm thinking of. Uh, And I, I just, she said, okay, all you have to do is just, you know, close your eyes and, you know, meditate on whatever you want to meditate, Dan. And, um, uh, oh, no, first she said, I want you to reach into this pouch and pick out um, seven crystals correlating to the seven uh, chakras, you know. So I reached in, I reached in, it was like, you know, reaching into a, you know, a hat, you know, I I totally randomly pulled out these seven crystals in my hand and I laid them out and she looked at them and she looked at me and she goes, whoa, okay. Hey, you, you picked out some good crystals that perfectly align to all your chakras. Okay. (laughs) So I go, okay. Uh, (laughs) I closed my eyes and I was like, okay, yeah, bullshit, whatever. She, she had, had this connection to the Galactic Federation. So she says, you know, Dan, you know, I get these, I'm a channel. I get these signals from what they call the, uh, the Galactic Federation, which is, uh, she described them as a, um, a group of, uh, you know, um, nice aliens, uh, like a Justice League of, um, you know, benevolent, uh, different species who have come together and making sure that, uh, and they connect to agents like her on earth, uh, to help guide our evolution. This is how she described it to me. I said, okay, great. So she goes, okay, close your eyes. I'm going to take uh, each corresponding uh, crystal and I'm going to put it up to your, your chakra, uh, area. And, um, and we're just going to work our way up. I said, okay, great. So I close my eyes. She doesn't say anything. I instantly feel my root chakra 
waking up. The 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 vortex, kundalini tingling happening down there. I'm trying not to give her anything. <laughs> I'm just closing my eyes. I'm like, what the fuck is that inside my head? Uh, she goes, okay, that seems to have worked. I'm going to the next one. <laughs> I didn't say anything. She goes to the next chakra, bam, opens up. Next chakra, bam. They're fucking, it's like the floodgates are opening. And she works her way and it's just very, you know, simple. It's like, you know, when you get the chills up your spine, it was kind of creeping up my body. Nothing too overwhelming, but I was like, whoa, this is, this is, I've never felt this before. She gets up to my third eye. She puts the chakra, the, uh, the crystal up to the, th the third eye chakra. And that's when I saw the Merkaba. And what it was, was I was, uh, what I saw was, and I'm trying, I was trying, I was just trying to just like, you know, just maintain calm. But in my mind, I was freaking out because it looked to me like I was staring at fields and fields and fields of, golden pods, honeycombs, just stretched out for, for, for eons. And as soon as I thought, what the fuck am I looking at? Suddenly the camera in my mind's eye pulled back. It was like, oh, he wants to know what he's looking at. And we pulled back and I saw that it was the actual skin of, at that point it was a, it was a diamond, a floating glowing diamond, um, two pyramids base to base. And uh, just kind of rotating there. And then, it I was, and then I said again in my head, what the hell is that? What am I looking at? Um, and then it started working. It started like a piston. It twisted. And the base in the, uh, the two bases of the pyramid, mel pyramid uh, diamond melded into each other. And it became the Merkaba shape. You know, like, like two pyramids when they meld into each other become that. Merkaba shape and it kept on showing me you know this is a machine pal it's a machine you know it kept on going from diamond shape to Merkaba shape and twisting like that like a piston and I saw all this in my head I opened up my eyes no I haven't opened up my eyes yet I'm still looking at this thing and she starts clapping oh my god oh my god it's like NASA it's like the NASA fucking, it's like Houston, you know, over at fucking the Galactic Federation headquarters. It's hard. She's saying it's hard for me to hear what they're saying. They're going nuts. And she says, okay, I got it. I, and I, I'm, I'm getting tingle. I'm getting, whoa, I'm getting a little uh, tingly right now talking about it. She said, they're saying, um, welcome back, Starseed. Um, they're so proud. They're so happy that we, they found you. And, um, and I'm looking at her and then I tell her, I saw a fucking sacred, I didn't know what to call it yet. I saw this machine in my head. What the fuck was I looking at? You know, and this is all caught on camera. This is all caught on tape. I mean, it just looks like me sitting there, but afterward <laughs> you see me going, what the fuck did I just see in my head? And what she described was, she, she says, oh, fuck, you saw your Merkaba. And the way she described it was that it's this vehicle. It's a tank. It's like, a, it's why the Israelis um, call their tanks Merkabas. Um, that it's a 
body armor, uh, astral body armor that you're that. So I just, re- I just remembered something recently while I was here in London, as I've been trying to get in touch with all that, um, we kind of inherited this house by a bunch of, from a bunch of hippie kids, <laughs> which is great. It's my, my wife's uh, British uh, cousins. And uh, well, they're, no, they're South African. And uh, um, they have all sorts of fun hidden gems literally around the house, crystals and necklaces. And my kids find them and they bring them to me. And I was meditating one day and my, my daughter br- brings me this crystal on a necklace. And she was like, here, daddy. And I was like, oh, great. You found another one. And I start meditating with this crystal. And it's, it's I see my Merkaba very fuzzily again. And I go, oh, shit, this is a good one. And I start meditating with it. I start putting it over my heart chakra. I start putting it over my third eye chakra. And I feel it's like, oh, shit, it's healing me. And, um, and I, I raised the question. I said, hey, Galactic Federation, you know, if you're listening, <laughs> what's my question about my Merkaba? My Merkaba for the last 10 years is how the fuck do I get inside? How do I travel? How do I, how do I, how do I, um, how do I get in to, to this beautiful, you know, body armor? And it was like a, a direct message that I got, which was essentially schmuck. You are already in it. <laughs> you got it in 2012, you idiot. <laughs> and I was like, I am? And it showed me that I was at the center of this thing. It's like I, I suddenly inside my meditation, I was like, oh, oh, I'm in it. I'm inside of it. And it was like this, they were just like rolling their eyes, you know. And now is that my higher self? Is that the Galactic Federation? I don't fucking know. But I just I just recalled this just now. Oh right, I'm fucking in my Merkaba right now. Um, it's wide open. I'm in it. And that's what. And I'm such an idiot. Like I like w- the way we're built. You know, it's like we have amnesia. It's like we we're. It's like we have. Uh, you know what was the own my own pride. But Idaho, what the fuck did River Phoenix hags? Uh, narcolepsy. It's like we have narcolepsy. It's like we remember stuff and then we, it's like we, we go to sleep and we fucking forget it. Like it was a dream, you know? I really have to work that muscle where I'm, I have to fucking remember what I'm doing on the dreamscape because I feel like it's pretty important, but I'm not remembering it, man. Especially if I'm already in my Merkaba and I'm just like fucking walking around like cosplaying my Merkaba, but not actually fucking using it, you know? To activate the Merkaba vehicle, there's a meditation where you envision yourself in the Merkaba, and then the top pyramid, like I mentioned earlier, you envision it spinning at the speed of light, but 34 times the speed of light. And the bottom Merkaba, the feminine Merkaba, is spinning counterclockwise 21 times the speed of light. And this meditation 
allows people to astral travel and it allows them to protect themselves uh, astrally from all types of negative beings and negative events. So if anybody wants to learn how to activate the Merkaba vehicle, they can research Drunvalo Melchizedek. And he's at the very right of the Great Awakening map in the center, uh, in the center right of the map. And it says uh, Star Merkaba vehicle. That's one way to practice meditation with it. And this is how the fifth dimensional, sixth dimensional beings travel. When we see lights in the sky at night, those UFO craft that we see are actually their Merkaba vehicles spinning. And the, uh, the Galactic Federation section of my Great Awakening map lists some of the extraterrestrials that are in this group. And some of them are known as the blue avians, the orbs, golden triangle head beings, the blue sphere beings. These are all multidimensional beings that don't need a physical body. And they exist as the Merkaba vehicle. But when they manifest to humans, when they communicate to us physically, they'll, they'll inhabit a third dimensional uh, visual body. That's why in ancient Egypt, you see the blue avians in the pyramid artwork. The blue avians were known as Ra back in the day. So if anybody reads the Ra Law of One, they'll learn about uh, the Galactic Federation of Light. And they'll also learn certain um, techniques and secrets about meditation that they use to travel to higher dimensional realms. So this all means to me that it's accessing you again in this life. Your higher self is allowing you to see these things again because it's preparing you for what you're going to be doing with this knowledge in your very near future, maybe now, maybe through this, these types of podcasts that you're doing, you're awakening others to the true abilities that we all have within ourselves. And anybody who listens to your podcasts, anything within your vicinity of your social circle, these are all people that you've brushed paths with in your past life already. So all the people that are on your podcast, all the people who listen to this podcast, these are all beings that have brushed paths with you somehow in your past lives because everybody is karmically tied with each other um, on the 3D stage of life. It's always a truth that you hear about in past life regressions. So all of the things that you've been telling me about are things that you're sharing to the public now to awaken others, uh, including alongside myself. We're both here to encourage others to find out the true nature of their being so that they can fully activate their multidimensional nature. I think that's the greatest spiritual destination for being born in human bodies at this time in this life. I definitely have a connection to Sirius B, um, which is one of the major signals that I got when I asked, when I was floating around New York City and mesmerized by the pyramids and our architecture and all the symbolism, symbology, 
the geomancy and just like, I was floating, man. I was like, whoa, just, you know, wide open. And I asked for a sign and I just got, you know, serious B, serious B in all, in, in, you know, signage, graffiti, you know, it was crazy. It was everywhere in this one five minute span. I was like, okay, serious B. So I started researching serious B and, you know, it's obviously uh, connected uh, to Orion's belt and, you know, God damn it, the pyramids and all that shit. And uh, so Sirius B is also connected uh, to dolphins and whales, to cetaceans um, who are uh, highly intelligent psychic beings who we're supposed to connect with and glean knowledge from so long. And thanks for all the fish is basically where we're at fucking right now. Um, hopefully they'll change their mind. Um, but, um, and, uh, I think I have some kind of connection with, um, uh, feline, uh, species, Syrian species, I believe, which also was, uh, they were blue, I think, and they were maybe worshiped uh, as well, uh, in ancient Egypt. I don't know if they were blue. They were, uh, they're like the fucking Thundercats. I mean, the way they're described. Um, but I had a, I had a, uh, you know, the, the, the Lion of Zion. And let's, let, we can talk about Zion for a second. I've been, I've been recently um, accused of, of being a, uh, on Instagram. Just, someone took a hate to me and they said I was a Zionist. And I was like, what? I was like, if they, they don't, they, if they know anything about me, it's just like, I'm, I'm, totally trying to get back to the actual roots that were commandeered, you know, by Zionism. Um, I'm trying to turn all that on up on its head. I mean, uh, you get that, right? Of course. I mean, going back a little bit to what you said about the feline beings, um, one of the most fascinating things I've ever researched is that when they were in the highlands of Tibet, um, a lot of the Tibetan temples are protecting underground tunnels that lead to inner earth. And some of these tunnels lead to caves where they found ancient artifacts of UFOs and ex extraterrestrial statues. And these statues were feline extraterrestrials, like giant feline beings. And they are even older than the Galactic Federation. They are like the oldest species in, in the universe. And it always really fascinated me that it was like a feline being instead of all, of all types of beings that we've seen, you know, in modern culture, in extraterrestrial lore. And it always reminded me of that one Pokemon that's named Mewtwo. He's like the 150th Pokemon or 151st Pokemon. And he's this really powerful, uh, omnipotent, cat and i always pictured it as this mewtwo type of character so it was really interesting that you brought up the feline and you knew about it as well well it, it, because it keeps coming up especially with uh breath work um i have a trainer who says and he's going to teach me this and, uh, and 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 the fact that i just connect with uh you know rastafari you know i'm such a pothead and Rastafarianism and the Lion of Zion. And, and I feel like it's all fucking connected The Sphinx, you know, all of these things, there is some kind of uh, ancient um, 
uh, lion energy um, that you can tap into. My trainer says when he does certain breath work, and I'll, we got to wrap it up because I gotta, I gotta go get dinner with or our lunch with my family here. But we, we, you know, we'll keep this going, brother. Um, next time, well, I want you to bring on the above majestic guys if you can. Um, but um, the breath work, he says that when he does a certain uh, high energetic breath work, he sees the face of a lion. It's like he. It's kind of like in you know in a video game when you're you're trying to get a cheat code and you're you're hitting the button really hard you hit it hard 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 hard, bam and then you get this you get to the next level it's like you've broken through you see the face of the icon of the lion. Um, now I was talking to uh, I won't say her name but hopefully we'll get her on the show sometime. One of the girls from uh, one of the one of the amazing women uh, from uh, the Walking Dead show. We were talking about this thing, talking about breath work, and she, she said that when she, this was at midnight in Atlanta, and um, she was talking about breath work and how that when she does certain breath work, she sees this lion face, and she kind of looks lion like a lioness, you know. And uh, I hope I'm not giving away too much, uh, but she's very skeptical, <laughs> skeptical, skeptical about talking about all this stuff. Obviously, I don't think she should be, but she she's talking about this breath work. And I go, oh, no way, uh, you see lions. Huh? And then she goes, oh my God, Dan. And, and she looks over past my shoulder. She looks up into the sky and the skyline and she sees, we both see this orb, this uh, blue green glowing, beautiful, it was like a mini star, but obviously it, it was kind of organic, you know, it was, and it was almost like it was listening to us. It was like, oh, did you mention uh, lion breath work? And then suddenly it was there above the tree line. Um, across the, so there was a pool and then there was a tree line and it was right above the tree line um, uh, outside this hotel at, at midnight-ish and she said Dan it came down from from the from a, a billion zillion miles away and so she said in the time that it took for me to turn around it traveled that fast you know and I saw it just kind of get there just it was already there by the time I turned around and it was almost like hey guys uh, yep, we're here. We exist. And she, she was very taken aback by that. Um, I did further research on it and I found that these, you know, orbs, these, this blue sphere, you know, whatever alliance or whatever, I don't know what you want to call it, but, uh, is connected to a lot of things, but, but you talk about how these ascended beings, this is how they travel. Um, and, it was connected to these feline um, species, these orbs. I mean, I, I just found that, uh, you know, X marks the spot, man. It's, it's fucking crazy. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to leave you with that because I think we, we have to wrap this up because we're about to run out of time. But what's your schedule like uh, before the uh, end of the world, pal? You have some, you have some free time? I'm always free, man. I'm a yogi. I have no commitments. <laughs> nice. Champ, this was a big one, man. <laughs> this is coming out soon. We're, uh, it's it's going to be part of a, like a massive Tales from Beyond the Veil uh, two-parter that I'm doing. I mean, this is probably going to be a, the, the, its own third part. Um, so just look out for it, man. You're always, you're champ, champ. You're champ. Thank um, you, brother. 
this was part three of our yeah no we're we shouldn't we, we shouldn't name the parts anymore it's just endless we're just gonna keep it's just like i'm just gonna keep on bringing you on so i mean you, you can you can keep tabs but I'm, I'm gonna stop because you know i feel like it's gonna be ongoing you know but it made a lot of sense why the orbs are appearing to you and the other actress because you too have these prominent roles in society and for them to reveal themselves to you it means that you're supposed to begin sharing this type of information to the public and that's yep. exactly what you're doing with me today and that's what she's probably going to do with you in the future so these beings are only going to show themselves to people that they already have a karmic tie to in the future you are them and they are you that's why they're showing themselves to you now they have that law of free will remember they cannot interact with beings unless there's some sort of karmic relation so these beings have some sort of past life future life connection to you they're showing themselves again to you and they're preparing you for what's coming soon which is mass contact and they also want you to teach this to others which is why they are only appearing to people like yourself um, i have never had the the green orb appear to me in the way that the actress and you saw but i've had seen sort of orbs power up for me when i'm during my uh, et observation nights where i practice ce5 meditation so i've seen the orbs but i haven't seen something like really up close as a green amorphous organic thing that you mentioned that was that was very visible like you could see the color that was amazing yeah, blue green, shimmering blue green. <laughs> Stay safe, man. We got. I got to run, but let's continue the convo real soon. Thank you. It's been an honor to chat with you again. Thank you so much, Dan, Mr. Dan. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Priyana. Take care of yourself.